Cinemodities, late night movies with Ben and Rob. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Ben. And I was a star, loved by the men who came through our doors. I just want to say at the start, there's a lot of great quotes for this movie. For a long time, I usually only pick out maybe one or two quotes. This movie is filled with them. I Some honorable mentions, um, I love the quote, I should have got a dumpster. <laughs> uh, I love the quote, I am not creeped out by this house one bit. I am in control of my emotions. There's a lot of great quotes that I'm sure I will mention. But Ben, as we are here on the main feed... I need to ask you a very important question that this movie poses very early on, maybe in the first 20 minutes. Um, you queer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Who? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the bartender. Yeah. Bartender. You, you queer? I, I, I just different... moved to the house on uh, on Riley Street. You queer? And it's just like, what? No. <laughs> uh, that th- Yeah, that, that interaction was interesting. Um, and at no point did Don say anything that led me to believe he wasn't queer. In that oh, interaction, okay, okay, okay. But, yeah, he, uh, but, but he was you, just like, "Why would you ask me that?" I, I'm married. Happily married. It's like, yeah, it's like you, happily married to a dude. Like, <laughs> like you could be queer still. I, don't. I do love the the turnaround or the um the like the way that joke pays off is when Milo is helping him with the house and they go to that same bar and the bartender like kind of almost off screen goes, "Hey, is this the wife?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you queer? It's it's so blunt, you know. It's um, oh yeah. It's it's just so off the wall. Um, so we well, are here. He if... follows it up by saying something like, "That house isn't too kind to straight men." Or exactly. Something. Yeah, yeah. As we yeah. learn, it's like this brothel type of thing. Um, we have a lot to talk about with this movie. It is Girl on the Third Floor. This is a relatively unknown independent horror movie that I have been in love with for a few years. Um, I would say, actually, that this is one of my favorite horror movies up until I saw Barbarian. Barbarian clearly takes the cake over this. I don't, I don't think I'm saying anything, you know, too crazy right there. This movie, I love it. I love its slow burn leading up to a fantastic final 20 minutes. And uh, let's just get it right up. Let's rip the bandaid off. Ben, had you ever seen this before other than, or, or even heard about it other than me like yelling at you about it and how much I love it, which you might not even remember. Um, what'd you think after finally watching it? Uh, I do remember that you oh, okay, told me okay. it was your uh, <laughs> your favorite scary movie or horror movie at, at the time or favorite horror movie. You qualified it like in the past I'm glad, I'm glad that you remember because there there is some times where, you know, um, I, I say a lot of shit to you and you were like, Rob, that was way too fast. <laughs> you know, I need to process that. <laughs> I, uh, I guess I think, repeated I yelling at like, you Rob, about I'm it. I'm trying yeah. to sleep. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, so uh, I, I do remember that and I was excited to watch this movie as, as a you know consequence of, of me remembering that. I had not seen it. I hadn't even heard of it uh, aside from from that conversation. Overall, I wasn't impressed. Mm, okay. Uh, do, do, um, l- yeah, please continue. Yeah. So I guess in a lot of ways I felt like it like it, it, so it was doing a, a, a whole lot of not really telling you what's going on, which I don't mind in a scary movie. That's great. You know, give us some some unknown tension kind of shit. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, Sarah just gives this monologue about what's going on. And I was like, 
why are they doing this? And also, still, this doesn't entirely explain things. Um, sure. So I, I found that very strange. Um, but I, I don't know. Just like overall, I, there was there was definitely a lot of weird stuff in this movie, and I, I definitely think there are parts of it that are very creepy. But I think I didn't enjoy the slow burn uh, as much. And, and I only got to watch it one time and I will watch it again. Um, but I, yeah, I think, I think it was maybe the slow burn part that I, that I, uh, didn't fully get to enjoy. Okay. I think that that's one of the things I really like. Uh, of course, you know me, I, I love slow burns in movies, period. You know, I love the, <laughs> the long drawn out nature of certain things. And, um, when the slow burn happens in this movie, the slow burn being, you know, our, our main character, Phil Brooks, uh, CM Punk, as he goes by, uh, in his ring name. Uh, I guess I did want to ask you, are you familiar with CM Punk? Uh, apparently he's like an MMA fighter. Did you know him at oh, all before this no, movie? No, I didn't. I didn't. So so my question is, something that I've heard a lot of in criticism for this movie is that he gives a bad performance, that he's not an actor. I think that he is so different from what a classical actor is that his performance is decent. What do you have to say I, about the main character, uh, Phil Brooks, the, the main dude I, performance? I didn't think his performance was particularly remarkable, um, but but it kind of in the way that no news is good news. Like oh, sure. I didn't, I didn't think that it was bad. Uh, I didn't think it was fantastic. I just like, I it didn't detract from my ability to watch the movie like I, I definitely don't think that it was a problem for me i'm surprised to the point that i'm surprised to hear people say that it's like particularly bad yeah that that's the thing that shocks me as well to me it comes across as naturalistic it comes across as more naturalistic than you are used to seeing in a movie like if you mm-hmm. had a movie star in this role say a ryan gosling or you know someone of this this age group that could play this home renovator um husband who's a fuck up type of thing Mm-hmm. It would come across as way too bottled, as way too just, like, you're watching a movie star do this stuff. I think getting CM Punk, who's not an actor by trade, it comes across as way more naturalistic. All those scenes where he he is on his phone with his wife and talking about the renovation and the process and how it's going, that comes across to me as very realistic, as very naturalistic. And in the sense that, well, that is probably how a real husband and wife, where the husband is a fuck-up, would talk to each other, right? I totally agree. I, I felt the whole time, um, you know, I could tell he was a fuck-up. I could tell he was <laughs> constantly concerned about her judging him. Like, there was just, like, there was a lot of a lot of stuff that was that came through in... Uh, in not only in in the like actual words of the dialogue, but in the delivery of the dialogue, uh, specifically about about the quality of their relationship and the fact that there were trust issues. Absolutely, and I, I felt yeah. like all of that came through very well. So I to like to put somebody on one side of a phone and have them give a performance that actually reveals that kind of information, like that's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I love the scene where what the wife calls him. And he's asleep. He's on the mattress on the floor in that top-level room, second-floor room. And the wife is, you know, like, how's it going, Tiger? Because that, that's their little love term is she calls him Tiger. And, you know, he's like, oh, it's good. Well, I didn't get to the kitchen yesterday, but, you know, that's my first thing on the docket for today. And then out of focus in the background, you see the beer bottle, and she goes, what, what is that? that? You know, and it's yeah. not even – the the dumber version of this movie would go – 
are you drinking again? You know mm-hmm. you shouldn't be drinking. Um, that's actually one of my quotes from when the wife talks to the pastor neighbor at the end. I'm scared he's drinking again. He's probably drunk right now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But bef- the the lack of acknowledgement before that, the way that it is obfuscated in an appropriate script way of just mm-hmm. her going, what's that in the background? He goes, ah, yeah. honey, there's junk all over the place. You know, don't worry about it. That right. is that is genius. That is the the restraint I want from a movie. Absolutely. I mean, that is uh, like the definition of show don't tell. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, and I, I think I'm that, totally that lines up with how I I don't think you can talk. Well, you can talk, of course. Everybody's a critic. All critics are stupid. Us included, Ben, as I always say. But to say that you know he gives a bad performance. It's so naturalistic. It's so realistic. It's like, yeah, is a good performance when you're watching a canned actor in a bottle mimic lines type of thing? No, I'd yeah, rather I... be seeing like a home video. And this almost comes, it's not a found footage movie, but this comes across to me in a lot of places like a home video. Like I'm seeing somebody really live this stuff. I Yeah, I totally agree. I, I would say the only things that took me out of that were like some stupid decisions like him walking around barefoot in a house he's renovating. Like (laughs) there were decisions like that where I'm just like this, this makes this feel unrealistic, but never was it his acting. Sure. Sure. Um, You queer though? (laughs) Um, Well, I would be queer if I was barefoot in a house I'm renovating. Either that or I'd have tetanus. I I don't remember what happens when you step on nails. Um, Not not only uh, you bring up a good point. I'm glad you brought this up because not only is he so like just with, Unrelentous, un, unrelenting regard, disregard, I should say, for this strange house. I think maybe one of my faults of this movie, he should be more concerned that every hole in the house is leaking cum, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it <laughs> this, definitely is very semen like. Um, that is most it, of the reviews on Letterboxd for this movie. I didn't write, I did not write any of them down. I didn't write down, you know, uh, credits, but most of them are like, this movie cares way too much about the viscosity of semen. <laughs> um, so th- that is that is another thing that, like, while I'm watching this movie, I'm just like, there. It, it seems that no part of this dude thinks anything supernatural is happening. Oh no, he, he's like, oh, this is normal. Like, this outlet is leaking cum. Let me plug something into it, and I'd be like, yeah. no, find a different outlet. <laughs> well, and the way he just like sticks his hand into the wall at the beginning is like, that's probably black mold. Like, you just invited right? death. Dude, yes. That's my actual note. I'm so glad you bring this up. My note I wrote down is right near the top of my notes because it's, it's, a, it's a top lime item to take one of our uh, Patreon <laughs> things, you know. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Here's a black moldy spot on the wall. Let me get my hand right in there. Isn't yeah. that how Brittany Murphy died? <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about that, Nate and Maya, like Brittany Murphy died of pneumonia, and it was because when they, after her and her husband died at like the same time, they tore apart, tore apart her house, and there was just like an inch thick of black mold behind her shower. Oh, oh my god. Which is disgusting. And so for CM Punk to just go, yeah, I'm just gonna get my hand right in there, I'm like, no, put a ventilator on. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Well, and, you know, as somebody who just bought a house and, and had to do small scale renovations, um, I can guarantee you the one of the first things I did was fucking look up how to do shit. <laughs> um, 
if that that does not appear to be the approach that this guy took. Um, I considering... can say for certain that you said to your wife, how can I sleep at night knowing another man built your castle? <laughs> <laughs> I know you said that to your wife, right? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, no, my wife, my wife did most of the renovations anyway. Um, Was but... the biggest thing you had to... I'm actually glad you bring this up because I, I almost forgot about that because I'm still living in this, um, in this bachelor man-child world at 30 years old, you know? Um, <laughs> you're, you're an adult. You have a wife. You have a house. Um, uh, the biggest renovation you had to do was your fridge, right? Didn't oh, we talk about no. your fridge defrosting or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't the biggest renovation I had oh, to okay, do. Oh, okay, um, okay. No, th- no, we, I did have a problem with my fridge uh, where we. D- I think I, it was caused by not changing the water filter promptly enough. But you did some, like, move into your house up. and say, who paints a room pink? That did happen. Uh, I actually helped my wife paint a room pink. <laughs> uh, and then you said to your wife, "You queer." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's all. That's all right. No, the the biggest renovation we had was uh, upstairs. There had been a leak near uh, a, an exhaust chimney, and they fixed the leak on the roof, um, but it damaged some of the ceiling. Okay. And instead of fixing the ceiling, they just put in a drop ceiling. Ooh, ooh, okay, um, yeah. And, and this is already like a Cape Cod and fairly short style room, so it's like the walls, the ceiling is slanted, or the walls, you know, slant into the ceiling. So you're already losing some space there. And then they were losing like an additional four to six inches because of this drop ceiling. And so we were like, we're going to take out the drop ceiling. And then we we found the hole that that they didn't repair, and we we're like, well, I guess we're fixing this hole. Um, and that was, that was the, probably the biggest renovation we had to do. But then I also ran, um, hardline ethernet cables to multiple places throughout my house. So there are sure. ethernet drops in my house, uh, where you can just plug an ethernet cable into the wall and get internet. And, um, that is dope. I, I I'm glad I did it. It, it. it was, it was quite effortful, but I'm, it was worth it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you showed me the video where uh, you used your cat to help you out where the cat paw coming through the wall, just flapping around and you gave it an ethernet cable to, to draw through, you know? Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> so I actually okay. did do that once with a power cable through the back of an entertainment center, but that's another story. That's, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> so, so now Ben, you actually have, uh, have opened my, my eyes, um, to that this, movie uh should be way more meaningful to you since you have bought a house and you had done some renovations um so i guess i have I also to ask wore a you dust mask uh you, you wore dust okay so you were safe that's good that's a good thing uh ventilation is always a good thing but i i mean i'm not gonna blow up your spot but i kind of am um so how many women did you sleep with while your wife was pregnant as you were renovating this house? <laughs> How many times did you fuck up, as it is called in this movie? <laughs> uh, no women, three different ghosts. Uh, you queer? <laughs> um, yeah, I'd have to be to turn down the women that um, were climbing so, on my dick so... because I bought this house. <laughs> so we have to talk about this. This is kind of like the um, the instigating factor of the first you know, hour and 20 hour and 10 minutes or something like that um the fact that cm punk as he is renovating this house being alone um he cheats on his pregnant wife and Mm. we learn later on that not only does he cheat on his pregnant wife in the course of this movie but we learn that he cheated on his wife while they were trying to get pregnant when the wife is talking to the pastor um 
he cheats on uh, his wife in the course of the movie with Sarah Brooks. Sarah Brooks is, um, I don't fully understand it, but the credits list her as introducing Sarah Brooks. Usually when you put introducing in a movie, it's the first time they've been in a movie. She was in like 15 things before this. <laughs> I don't really get why they put introducing. Um, sure. But here's my question. Uh, well, one, here's my statement, and then I'll follow up my question. Uh, she's a cutie patootie. Uh, would you cheat on your pregnant wife with her? <laughs> no. Um, she's cute. She is cute. She looks like an egret to me. Um, she's mostly nose. That's, that's my statement. I'm standing by it. Uh, she looks like Anna Kendrick Light to me. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. What's her name again? You said, you said? Sarah um... Brooks. Sarah Brooks. Yeah, Sarah Brooks plays Sarah Yates in this movie. Um, <laughs> she looks like Anna Kendrick Light. She's got a nose. I think Anna Kendrick wears her nose much better. That This is the casting director coming out in me. But, I mean, she, she's got it. The, the movie, maybe this is the way I should put it. The movie does the appropriate thing of making her good looking. Like, the the small sundress. Like, you get why this fuck up. I'm, I'm not trying to rationalize anybody cheating on their spouse. I, I am against that, of course. But the movie does an appropriate thing of doing, like, oh, she's a young girl. Who, she's appealing, at it, least. She's appealing, exactly. The movie yeah. does the appropriate work to make you go, okay, this guy's a fuck-up. This guy's, like, a loser. Um, <sighs> he, he's gonna cheat on his wife type of thing. You know so, what I'm saying? Definitely, but I, I have to say, like, I... I, I I definitely agree with you. You know, he's a fuck up. He's presented with an opportunity. He's going to take it. But like, you got to be really, really skeptical anytime somebody goes straight for the dick like that. Like, you got to be concerned. <laughs> You're not the first person that they went straight for the dick with, and they probably got diseases. Like, I am I wrong in saying that? Like, when somebody is that, um. No, Ben. I have you no idea. I'm a I am a 30 year old bachelor. I'll fuck anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no, I mean, so it's, it's and it's specifically concerning. It's like straight to sex, probably no condom. You have diseases. Like we're not. I'm not fucking around with you. Not Get away only from me. not only is it straight to sex. Not only is there no condom. Well, we actually don't know if there's no condom. We don't get to see I, I, sex. Yeah, scene. I did. That, I did fair. say probably. Um. Pro- okay. Fair. But him. Putting his dog in the hallway and go, I'm going to fuck you. Get out of here, Cooper. You know, like he knows what he's doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I do. I do like the touch when the wife later on says he cheated on me before. I think he cheated on me again to the pastor, the neighbor pastor. And that like there is some type of expertise to it of putting his dog in the hallway of, you know, him being so easily wooed by this woman who just goes just uh, pops up in his like driveway and goes hey i'm a lady you know that type of thing yeah and what she says is i i like this spot like bitch you're in my yard like (laughs) i don't know about you but i'm calling the cops this is why i'm a single 30 year old is because when i see women i see uh animals and i i if if sarah brooks popped up in my backyard i go you look like an egret and she'd go what and i'd be like you look like one of those weird storks. And she'd be like, why are you saying this to me? <laughs> uh, you queer? Uh, no. Um, so, okay. 
in the same vein that we have to talk about Sarah Brooks because she is such a pivotal part of this movie. She is the girl on the third floor, technically. Um, that's what I've, I've been led to believe. Yeah, I, I think she is the little she's girl the per- that we see. No, she's the performer. No, she, the she is the flashback. performer, but like the whole... the my the, Okay, let's get to it. My take is that she's the soul of the house. She has imbued her soul into the house because she was killed when she was a little girl in the brothel era of the 1920s. Okay, so in the little flashback we get, she's performing. Yes. And then the bird dude goes up to the upstairs and there's the little girl. And Sarah says something like, when they when they took her, she was like tortured for months and then dumped at a railroad track or something. Mm-hmm. So I definitely took it to mean like the little girl died outside of the house and was dumped in a railroad track. I oh, thought that I, that's no, what she was talking I, about. I do too. When, when Sarah Brooks is performing for the, the people like standing on the third floor over the railing type of thing, I took that as like a, a ghostly appearance, like a, like a recollection of times past. I honestly do believe that Sarah Brooks and the little girl are the same person. And Sarah well, no. Brooks is so, now the ghost of that little girl. So, yeah. So, but if if the performance is a recollection, then like, how does she have a, a memory of her performing as an adult if she died as a kid? Mm, I see what you're saying. I think that it is some just it, it's okay. Recollection might not have been the right word. I think it is a a reimagining type of thing. If that if that makes sense. I mean, that, I think it, I think it does. Thing. I think, but like, so that's part of why I didn't like this movie. It's like it was never clear to me how the little girl was involved at all. Okay, okay. Uh, other than that, there were marbles. <laughs> well, sure. And as, yeah. and as far as I could tell, the one with a, with the fucked up face was just the glittery gold girl that was also in that like. Yes, vision. credited as the uh, the nymph is what she's credited as uh, for sure. Okay, well, I, I guess then my question becomes: as uh, how do you? see this and and like you said you had some issues with it but how do you rationalize this um this last 20 minutes all the people looking down at the performance type of thing like how do you see it i thought that that was like um an actual thing that happened like this was the performance that sarah gave and then for some reason there was this little kid there that lived in the brothel unclear why even more unclear why she lived in the area that people viewed the performance from and then maybe the people in the brothel abused the little girl. Do and then you, at some point, do you think that the little girl is like Sarah's daughter or something like that? Is that what you're saying? I have no, I, I have no okay, idea who okay. the little girl is. The little girl is just somebody that lives in this brothel. Maybe the maybe the brothel owner's daughter. Unclear. It, it, it comes across to me very much as you know, as we're actually fleshing it out and talking about it more because I've never gotten to talk to anybody about this movie. Um, I should actually tell the story about how I found this movie. It, it comes across to me as, like, a Law & Order SVU episode that isn't fully fleshed out, you know? Is, is that the movie wants us more to feel bad for the victims than it actually does any caring about how the victims got there. And I think that's a very SVU type of thing. Sure. I Yeah, definitely. And I guess that's one of the problems I have with it is, like, I don't, I don't understand why it's called The Girl on the Third Floor. Because The Girl on the floor, Third Floor, as far as I can tell, has, like, nothing to do with it. She's just, and, and and that's the other thing is like Sarah does control the marble, so it does seem like maybe Sarah's 
supposed to be the girl on the third floor, but the girl on the third floor died as a kid. Yeah, I guess that's my rationalization. Uh, now that you put it that way, I guess that I'm thinking Sarah is that little girl on the third floor, and her soul and spirit, even if she was killed elsewhere, is still imbued in that house. Well, so, but in the conversation where she says that the little girl was dumped at a railroad track, she says, when I died, my body never left. Mm, okay. That's so right. I definitely thought she was just one of the brothel performers that died and, and you know was killed in in that building and then like put in the wall. Sure. Um, and that the little girl, I guess, you know, was taken elsewhere and tortured and, and dumped on a train track. And for some reason, Sarah Sarah's ghost cared about that and wanted to punish people in a way that was reminiscent of this little girl i guess i maybe that adds to what i was said earlier that maybe the girl the little girl is sarah's child to some extent that she she cares more about her child than herself maybe it's not a it's not a perfect movie okay (laughs) i mean i i'm not i'm not denying that um (laughs) but i think that it is a fun movie (laughs) Fun might be not be the right word. Let me actually let's let's take a step back as we've gone now almost thirty minutes into this. Um, uh, I I think maybe Ben, this will add some some layers to why I enjoy this movie uh, because the way I found out about it is so fucking strange. Um, so one of my best friends, my bandmates uh, from the uh, Immortal Lensberries, it's me and Matt. Matt has been on this podcast before, only two times discussing our music. So if you ever want to. Uh, hear Matt talk about music. It's uh, me and him as the Immortal Lansberries. One time, we were Skyping. Maybe we did a little jam session, that type of thing. And afterwards, we're just, you know, shooting the shit, talking about movies. And he said to me, he was like, hey, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but you should check out this movie, Girl on the Third Floor. And I was like, oh, wow, no, I've never heard of that. Let me write it down. He's a big horror dude, just as like you and Zach are type of thing. And so... I'm always looking for, like, you know, even though it's not my favorite genre, I love when people recommend horror movies to me, and uh, I'll write them down, put them on my list. So we talk. He mentions this movie. I swear to you, he mentioned this movie to me. I put it on my list. I found a copy. I ended up watching it, and I was like, this was really good. This was a lot of fun. Like, this movie had has a lot going for it, which we've already talked about, which we'll talk about more. The next time I talk to him, on Skype or whatever, I was like, Matt, I watched that movie you told me about, Girl on the Third Floor. It was really good. I actually really liked it. What do you think about it? And he goes, Rob, I have never told you about this movie. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm like, no, you told me to watch it. You to- you recommended it to me. He's like, I've never heard of this movie before. I don't know if he was gaslighting me. <laughs> I don't know if he just forgot. But I basically found this movie by accident because someone recommended it to me and they have no memory of the fact. <laughs> Sounds paranormal. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, who knows? But I found it regardless. And um, like I said, it's not perfect. But it's it's fun. It's good. The slow burn is great. And I guess that might be the next thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about at the ending, about how this movie grows to, like, the exposition dump at the end from Sarah and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is also where I want to tie it into Barbarian, because when I pitched this to Ben for us to discuss, I talked about how I think this is a good companion piece to Barbarian. Barbarian, of course, is a 
supremely better movie. Okay, like, nobody's denying that. Um, Everybody check out patreon.com slash cinemodities. Ben and I talk about Barbarian. We gush over it, all that stuff. This movie is very similar to me in the extent that CM Punk disappears with 20 minutes left and the movie starts to follow the wife. You know what I mean? Like, as the way that, um, to some extent, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kelly? Uh, sorry, I, I, I don't... I have, I have to see Barbarian 18 more times. But, like, our main girl from the first half disappears and we start to follow Justin Long in Barbarian, right? Right, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that that comparison? Uh, was I off base? Was I was I right? Do you approve of that comparison? Like, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I, it, I mean, there there are similarities in that, like you said, we're we're following someone else. But in Barbarian, we get back to following the woman. Um, sure. Whereas in this, uh, Don is is just dead, I guess, because uh, he tries to remove marbles from his body in the stupidest way I've ever seen. <laughs> You don't you don't like self harm, Ben? What are you talking about? No, no, no. I'm I'm fine with him cutting himself to remove the marble. What I'm not fine with is him starting behind it and following it. Oh, okay. You're talking about when he when it's going up his leg and he's trying to chase it, type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Get in front okay, of it. I'm with you there. You know where it's going. All right, anyway, that's neither here nor cut there. Cut it. Cut it. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, it's. It's it's done for the shock factor of gore because the movie does not have a lot of gore up until then, right. and the movie it it very much, no pun intended, bleeds with gore at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's anyway. So I I, I found that really stupid to, to watch. I was like, this motherfucker is the dumbest person. <laughs> what um, do you, what do you think about when he comes back? When um at the ver- his last scene and he's like I'm sorry I couldn't get them all and his face is all cut up and stuff like that. I I, I mean in terms of the fact that he, it's kind of gory looking or like well I don't more, know it, more in terms of the fact that for some reason he feels that he needed to do this. Uh, that that's that scene once again no pun intended that scene bleeds to me of him trying to get the marbles out for his wife type of thing. And he that's why um, he's like, I'm sorry I couldn't get them all, you know? Yeah, I mean you could you could try to make some kind of connection between like the marbles infiltrating him is is like a comparison to his bad deeds and his inability to remove them is sure. is his failing as a human or whatever. But I, I'm more interested in the fact that him when he actually came back, that was actually Sarah who was just trying to determine if the wife had learned her lesson oh, or not. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, which I, I did think that part was interesting, where the ghost was like, are you going to keep forgiving this idiot and we're going to kill you too? Or are you going to learn your lesson that men suck? Um, which, <laughs> appear, you know, it, it, and, and they mentioned that, that um, some families find a way to make it a home and it's based on like the character of the people who move in and things like that. So they mentioned that it's not all people, yeah, but it turns yeah. out that some, you know, Don, uh, who actually reminds me a lot of Don Draper, um, is you know a bad dude, and it's it's his fault essentially that he's he is kind of welcoming that evil into their house. That is uh, that is why I said earlier that this movie is such a slow burn for about like seventy minutes. The last twenty minutes, when you focus on the wife, uh, Tri- Trieste Kelly Dunn. I don't know how to pronounce her first name. Trieste. It's spelt like Triste, which is sad in Italian. But who knows? Um, okay. She when she comes into focus 
And she goes through the whole thing of, like, where's my husband? I'm going to talk to the pastor next door. I'm going to, you know, see all these people, ghosts or not, which we've already kind of talked about, like, looking at this performance of Sarah. And then she sees CM Punk tear his skin off to be Sarah. That's where I'm like, this is just clocking everything I want it to do. You know, I love that last 20 minutes. It is just someone being thrown in to this this universe that is so unhinged that they have no experience for. Dude, it might be out of focus, and I get maybe this, this movie didn't have the budget to do it or anything like that, but that shot, that out-of-focus, behind-the-head shot of CM Punk tearing his skin off to be Sarah, who is now all bloody, which you mentioned, you know, are you going to trust these men type of thing? That mm. is just wonderful to me. I think that is what the movie earns. I, I think that it is an earned, just gory and over-the-top macabre ending. Uh, I, I can be on board with that. I, I do think that it that it earns that. Um, the I guess, like I said, my main problems are like I spent a lot of the movie trying to figure out what was going on. And at the end of the movie, I felt like maybe the people who wrote the movie also didn't know what was going on. <laughs> that, okay, that, that's actually fair. <laughs> um, and, and so, like, that's my main problem with the movie. In terms of, like, the message about, like, oh, you know, are you going to continue to let him lie to you? Like, I'm all for it. Like, that's great. Uh, let's let's do this thing where she's like, you you passed the test. Now I'm going to reveal myself. And it's like, I don't know. All, all that was pretty uh, was pretty solid. I'm, I'm pretty on board with it. Right on. Um, like I said, you know, mostly it's just like I spent the first two thirds of the movie. I'm trying to figure the thing out. Like, that's what I do when I watch a movie that's not telling me things. I try to figure it out because I assume if they're not telling me something, it's because that's the point is that I'm supposed to just ex- experience it until I yeah. understand it. Um, and that's what I want to be doing. And, and I just feel like this movie in that regard was a letdown. Fair. Under, understood. Um, what do you think about the idea that, you know, this movie is such a slow burn to get to that last 20 minutes? I, I know uh, the reason I'm asking this is because we've talked about horror in the past, whether it be on Patreon or on main feed, that, you know, you appreciate, correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but you appreciate the, the buildup to a big, impactful ending. Did Absolutely. this movie do that for you or not? I would say no, but only because of of what I previously mentioned, which is that I okay. there was there was no way for me to gain understanding with the ending. Sure, and it's sure. like I, that. That I guess is a big part of it. Uh, well, it, not to say it's, that it's necessary. Like you can do a big suspenseful movie that leads to to a, a good ending and not have it be mysterious in the slightest, and it'll I think it can still be effective. But this movie went for the mysterious route and then didn't deliver on that front. And, gotcha. and so okay. I, th- I think that's why this, this slow burn didn't work for me. Okay. When you say also that when you watch this type of movie, whether it be horror, whether it be mystery, anything like that, you know, you're trying to figure out where it's going to go. Do you think that there is a level of you get in your head where you kind of want it to go? And when it doesn't deliver on something as cool that you thought of, it is a letdown. Because I think I feel that same way. There's a lot of movies I've watched where I'm like, oh my god, this could take so many great directions, and when it kind of falls flat, that becomes a disappointment. I think, I think you're talking about Master Disguise right now. Uh, <laughs> so, no, movie, I actually... Okay, that movie is 
two degrees off of a fantastic movie. Everybody check out our Patreon, okay? <laughs> um, I, I think that that does happen sometimes. I don't think that's what happened with this movie. Oh, okay, okay. So, so were, were you kind of when you when you say it didn't happen with this movie, it's not that the ending didn't give you the level that you wanted to. Is that you didn't think it could reach the level you wanted to? No, it was more that I. It's like I'm watching this movie. I'm looking for meaning in it, and I'm not finding the meaning in it. Okay. I'm not. I'm not finding. Uh, you know, and when I say meaning, I mean like story meaning. I don't. I don't mean like. Um, the the moral of the story or whatever. Sure, you know, sure. the yeah, theme. We're, we're not talking like, Henry Selick, you know, stop motion. Everything has to tie back to the art versus the artist type of thing. Right. We're, I, we're I'm just, just talking, talking about, about like what's going to happen in this story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and this movie, like, at no point did I have what could amount to a coherent guess at what the plot or the character relationships were. Um, and. I don't feel like the movie gave it to me. Uh, so okay. it was like, that's fair. That's fair. Like, yeah. So it's not that I had like a better idea. It was like, I don't understand it. You, and like I said earlier, I don't think they understood it either type of thing. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So now let's, uh, let's keep shamelessly plugging our Patreon because Absolutely. everybody should, uh, check out patreoncom slash cinemodities. Ben and I do, uh, three episodes a month. They're really good stuff. Uh, if you love adventure time, check it out. Let's talk about how this compares to a, I would say, a thriller slash horror movie that we had big disagreements on. Uh, hoosh, hush for everybody out there. How can can I pick your brain on how the home invasion of Hush compares in your mind to the ghostly invasion of this movie? Clearly, you liked Hush better than this. I, I think that's safe to say, right? Yes. Well, and so, so the, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. I actually was all, uh, about to bring it up earlier, which is you essentially. Clear? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, essentially, maybe, this is maybe the, Ben. Don't give the, me. Don't give me hope. Okay. <laughs> uh, essentially, the the difference I think between these two movies is that at no point does Hush try to be mysterious and then fail to deliver. Oh, that okay. That is interesting. Hush is very upfront about what it is. Hush is in your face with what it is. Yes. you know, and and there is there is a slow build up uh, to some degree of, you know, the whole time she's there, the guy the guy's outside. Like there, there's uh, you know, there's the tension building of like she's trying to escape, things are failing, she's running out of options, she's she's been bleeding, so she's running out of time. Um, you know, like there. There is a buildup of tension and, and there, you know, at the end, a climax that resolves it. And that's fantastic. Uh, or, or at, the, at the very least, I should say it's decent. You know, it's not like I'm not saying like Hush deserves Oscars or anything. Are, but are, are you? I, I, I think I, you would give an I, Oscar to Kate Siegel for just being Kate Siegel. <laughs> I, that I would. Uh, as as I I'm not saying this to be mean to Ben. I'm saying this that I would give an Oscar to Sydney Sweeney for being Sydney Sweeney. So oh, we're no, on I, the same page. <laughs> so like that's the difference is that Hush. There's no point like Hush isn't trying to do what Girl on the Third Floor is trying to do. Sure. Sure. So Hush can't fail at it because it's not trying. It, that's just not the type of movie it is. Got, and, okay. And so okay. I, I would say that's that's the the comparison is like other than, other than that they're they're f- similar in some aspects in terms of like quality of acting and things like that. Um, 
it, you know, I what, think what Hicks Eagle saying, plays Death I, Person well. I think well. maybe to, to distill it is that you're saying Hush is uh, – Hush, sorry. Um, Hush is trying to be a home invasion movie, and it earns that. Uh, Girl on the Third Floor is somewhat trying to be a horror movie and does not deliver on everything or most of the checkboxes you want from a horror movie. Well, and specifically, it doesn't deliver in the one aspect of like it sets up mystery and then doesn't deliver on that. Okay, okay. At least in a way that is that is, and you know maybe I'm wrong. I'm open to the idea that I'm like completely wrong about this, but I I very much get the feeling that the little girl that they mention is not relevant. Mm, and that mm-hmm. is something I'm just like, why is this movie titled after her? Like, surely she has to be relevant, but I don't know how, because the only person we ever see is the nymph uh, and Sarah. And as yeah. we discussed, I don't think Sarah is the little girl. Sure. Maybe Sarah cares for the little girl like a mother, but that's not really ever earned any either. Like, we don't we don't see any particular attachment to her. The only interaction we see with the little girl is the dude in the bird mask um, and then the drawings on the wall that make it look like. Maybe this girl is repeatedly raped by a dude in a bird mask or something, but we never see anything that that would lead us to believe that Sarah is a protective mother figure. So like none none of that's earned. So like any of the justifications I could potentially give to the little girl and why she's important and why she's important enough to be the, the namesake of the movie, uh, I I don't think are satisfied. Gotcha. Okay. No, that, and that's uh, that's understandable. I think that um, the we're basically saying the same thing. Um, we're coming at it in different opinions, um, but this movie, it lets the questions dance more than something like Hoosh or like, you know, another horror movie we watched, which I don't, I don't really, I can't think of one. Uh, I am more excited by and and enjoyable, uh, enjoyable, find more enjoyable, the idea that Girl on the Third Floor has so many unanswered questions that I get to think about, where... I think you are, of course, as we've established, more story-oriented. You want them spelled out a little more? Is uh, that fair to I say? I don't necessarily want it spelled out. I just want there to be a reasonable answer for me to come to. Fair, fair. And I don't think that, like, I want I want to believe that the person who wrote it understands it. Okay. And I don't okay. believe that here. You You want your stories to be reasonably interpretable. Yes. And I agree with you this might not be that, for sure. I, okay. Like they can they can deliver it to me. I mean, you know this. I'm I'm into Adventure Time. I like the the slow trickling of of information that we can piece together over time. You like I'm all about time? that. You like Adventure Time? You know it. I never I uh, never knew that. Do we do, do we do every episode of Adventure Time in a row? In in order? In order? Or do we do on that? the Patreon? You queer? <laughs> can, on the can Patreon? People pay to hear it. Can people do that? Can, can people actually listen to us do every episode of Adventure Time with some fun guests? Uh, one guest, LaShawn, so far. <laughs> Is yes, that a thing? In, okay. In a row. Who paints yeah. a room pink? We do that? <laughs> we did it. Um, so, like, I, I I definitely am okay with, like, there being leftover questions. But, I, like I said, I want there to be reasonable uh Things that like I, I want I want to be able to think of a reason like think of a, an explanation gotcha. okay and then not be able to tear that explanation to pieces or be like oh this explanation can't fit for this reason or it's not delivered in this way that's like a really I, I want to come up with an explanation that's like oh this feels supported when you and I talk about something whether it be Adventure Time or a movie or a TV show 
we want, you know, even if one of us does not understand what happened, we want the movie slash TV show slash Adventure Time episode to allow one of us to give an interpretation and the other one go, huh, I didn't think about that, but that makes sense type of right. thing. I yeah, get like, you. Okay, okay. Exactly. Like, yes, that, oh shit, like that is supported. That's supported by what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't feel that that is the case here. Okay, fair, fair. I understand what you're saying, and um, my only question is, uh, you queer? <laughs> no, I, I think I think there is a layer to this movie of why I personally enjoy it so much is that, you know, compare it once again to Barbarian, where I think Barbarian is very fleshed out. I think there are—it yes. there, it does not let any aspect—maybe some of them are left to— to dance and to be understood, that type of thing. But most of them, we can have the the sayings that we just said, where we's like, okay, this is my rationaliz- rationalization for it. Um, specifically, I think we talked about it in our episode. Uh, everybody, check out the Patreon, um, where it was like, well, why does this fucking basement door keep closing, and why is it so hard to open? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's because it's the rapist's last line of defense. Like he's gonna have a really strong door because he doesn't want any of his victims to escape type of thing. Right. And, and it's like, okay, kind of that's set up exactly. And it's like, yeah. that's something that's at least something I can understand. This movie doesn't do that. And I actually do find it refreshing because maybe this is so against everything I, I usually say on cinematities. I kind of like that this movie leaves so much open to interpretation. It's, it's like an unsolved problem. If that makes sense. So uh, th- that's the thing is like with without that without that layer of consistency, without that feeling of like this is an unsolved pro- like I-, I I can see why you would call it an unsolved problem, but I look at it I'm like this is an ill posed problem. Sure, sure. Like this is not it's it's unsolved because the question doesn't make sense. Um, and and that's like I don't I I can't appreciate that I I you know. Not to say that there aren't things about the movie I did like, but overall I found it disappointing because of that. It's like they they set me up to have a good time, and then they just like they they left with for no reason, and Fair. and it's not Fair. like I like, I don't know I I don't know how else to say it other than like it just doesn't deliver all the pieces that you need to then leave things open to question. Like there's like for instance, mother mother is not explained at all. And I love Mother. I thought Mother was a fantastic movie. Sure, you're talking about Mother exclamation mark with um Aronofsky's uh, Jennifer Lawrence film, right? Right. Yes. Okay. I am I am still two movies away from watching Mother. <laughs> uh, I've been watching Justin. I have been watching uh, Justin Heather and I have been watching every Aronofsky movie in a row, uh, getting ready for The Whale on December 9th. Um, and Mother is of course the uh, second to last. We have to watch Noah still. Um, but the, the the reason I'm saying this is because everybody get ready. Ben and I will be discussing mother at some point. <laughs> yes. Uh, and like mother, you know, not to give too much away for the conversation that we would have about it. Mother is confusing throughout the entire movie, but I don't feel like it's confusing in a way that the writer didn't understand. That's fair. That's fair. Why are you painting my walls? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, like, like it's, it's not that I, that I want, it's spelled out or, you know, I, I think that there's a time and a place where, where you don't, you shouldn't spell things out. I think mother's a good example of that. No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. You're, you're saying something along the lines of, um, 
obfuscating is purposeful to an extent. Obfuscating when done purposefully is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obfuscating because you didn't finish writing the story Mm, is is bad. And and that's where I think I don't view this movie as. I view this movie more as obfuscating to a good extent where it sounds like you're saying obfuscating they didn't finish the story type of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like I feel like the stuff with like I said with the 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 girl on the third floor, like the name of the the movie, like I I feel like that's not represented in the movie. Fair. Fair. And I feel like it's not represented because they didn't like I don't know. Maybe they didn't finish writing it. Maybe that. Maybe they just should have named it something else. Like I don't. I don't know. But I didn't find that the that the girl on the third floor was particularly important, especially because she was not the main haunter. The main haunter was on the second floor. <laughs> a- am I wrong? Like that's where no, she. No, no, you're not wrong. I just find that funny. I I would love to see that you put that on letterbox. She was not on the third floor. She was on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, and there was a girl on the third floor. The girl on the third floor just didn't seem to matter. There's a girl on every floor at certain points there, in this movie, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. Okay. I I think that you and I have, we'll probably dive into it more, but you and I have done uh, our due diligence complaining about this movie. Um, I don't like. I don't want to get into a loop of us complaining about our differences with this movie. There's some sure. other things that I wanted to highlight that I think maybe we should add to this conversation CM Punk so our main character whenever he's on the phone with his wife whenever he does the FaceTime thing or a phone call never says goodbye or I love you he always just hangs up the phone did you notice that I didn't but that might just be because I'm conditioned from years of a law and order SVU where nobody ever says goodbye oh the the shoe leather thing you know I that I'm, I'm actually glad you bring that up because that's one of the things that I really am bothered by when air quotes, critics, you know, and once again, we're all critics, we're all stupid, that type of thing. When critics, in air quotes, they go, why don't you ever see somebody hang up the phone and say goodbye? And it's like, because that's shoe leather. You don't need it. You understand that the phone call is over, okay? Like, do you want 70% of your movie to go, I am hanging up the phone now, goodbye, no, you don't. You don't need. No, you it. hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up first. Yeah, she no. hung up on me. You know. <laughs> you hang up first. No, you hang up first. Okay. She hung up on me. Right. No, I, I'm I'm with you. And in in this particular movie, I don't. I I can. I think you're going to say it wouldn't be as shoe leathery because it's a relationship between him and his wife, Ab- and the absolutely. absence of it is meaningful. The absence of it is meaningful because yeah. you clearly get the scene and the dialogue of the wife going, mwah, mwah, like doing the kissy faces at the phone and going, I love you, goodbye, and CM Punk just hits the hang-up button, never says goodbye, never says I love you. It's noticeably weird, if that makes sense. Sure, sure no, I, I feel you. I, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, I, I find that interesting. I think it's it's no more purposeful um, than anything just to lead up to him cheating on his wife and mm-hmm. being a fuck up. I think that's the reason for it, which I'm fine with. And, you know, then he has sex with an egret, which is weird because bestiality is not cool. Um, but, you know, it's Anna a Kendrick ghost White, a ghost. E- OK, let's let's ask the real question, Ben. If you could fuck an animal, 
you, you're never gonna fuck an animal, right? I mean, we should never have sex. Yo, this with motherfucker's an not one of us. He said he'd fuck a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, if you had the chance to fuck a ghost animal, would would that change things? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I I have to agree. I don't think so either. <laughs> Um, no matter how big your nose is, Anna Kendrick Light, uh, Sarah Brooks, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, uh, you look like an egret, you look like something I've seen on the, uh, the side of the parkway in the Bronx, that's where the most egrets I've seen are, and, uh, you, you, you're not sexy, okay? Get a, sm- get a smaller I she, nose. <laughs> I think she's very attractive, but I'm, I'm still not trying to bang a ghost. You like big honkers? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm apparently not as opposed to it as you are. Honkers can mean many different things. <laughs> uh, that reminded me of the Lonely Island song, I Don't Give a Honk. I Don't Give a Honk. Also, speaking of Sarah Brooks, when she gives her performance in the um, the last 20 minutes of the movie, we don't see a single nipple. We see some side boob, but not a single. <laughs> there's not a single nudity scene with her in it. That is very unlike most horror movies. Yeah, most horror movies are almost. I mean, even Jennifer Lawrence and Mother gets. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, It makes me think because I always have to bring this up whenever we get the chance to. um, When you, Nick, and I watched uh, John Wick Two, when we see that lady kill herself, like we see her slit her wrists, and I remember sitting in your living room, the three of us watching this movie, and I was like. We're going to see her kill herself, but we don't even get a fucking titty. <laughs> um, very tasteful. Very tasteful. Um, women don't need to get nude for movies, okay? That, I think sure. that's what I'm saying. Uh, absolutely. The other thing we have to talk about in relation to uh, Sarah Brooks as the, um, the, the femme fatale of this movie, uh, Milo, the, the friend that comes and helps uh, CM oh, yeah. Punk um, take care of his house. So did you get the sense that, well, one, I, I think it is explicit that Milo and CM Punk are two male characters. They worked at the same company. You know, that's how we get that revelation that, like, Don was the king of Chicago type of thing. Right. All that stuff. Did you get the sense that there was some animosity between them? Uh, Yeah, yeah, it definitely felt like Don was... So, like, Don had some kind of federal case against him for defrauding his clients. Yes, yeah. They even mentioned the the lawyer says, like, the feds cut you a good deal type of thing. Right. Uh, and Milo apparently was at the same company and made money from that and is now still employed. They but worked not at the same place. Money. They had similar clients, that type of thing. I, I get all that, you know, Im- impassively, which is... One of the things, once again, I really like about this movie, they don't spell that out. They just let it land in passive dialogue. I think that's fun. And I think, I mean, I think that that particular piece of, uh, you know, that, that example of that concept is demonstrated well. And so, you know, it definitely feels like there's animosity between them because Milo is still getting to live the financer life. Yes. Even if he's not making as much money. He benefited from Don, and Don is no longer allowed to handle people's yeah, finances, that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, uh, you queer? Um, no, but, but that that's when they go to the bar, and the, the bartender says, is this the wife, you know? <laughs> right. I, I think that 
one of the best examples, um, th- this movie being a slow burn, like I mentioned earlier, I find it a, one of the slowest burns. Um, when Milo is attacked by Sarah, when she hits him with the hammer, and he's mm-hmm. like kind of just crawling away, the caved-in skull effect on his eye. Oh, yeah, that looks fucking crazy. That like, is awesome. This, that is... She's into the skull. Yeah. I am so into that, you know, but because the movie is so reserved up until that point when she actually, you know, damages this human being and we see, like, the broken eye socket of Milo. I am so into that. I think that is so well-earned. Sure. No, I, I'm, I agree. It's It's... It's definitely um, the dent in his skull looks pretty fucking crazy. Yes, like that's yes, a weird effect. Exactly. What do you think? To continue on that, what do you think about the fact of um, Milo's face being in the wall later on and laughing uh, at um, CM Punk or uh, the, the wife? I, I don't remember exactly which, but uh, he the Don sees him. I don't know if he laughs at Don. Um, I, I thought it was a little goofy. I thought it was like a a reference to the fact that I think at that point that we see him, Don has already tried to kill Sarah and hide her in the wall. Yes. Um, yes. Which that, okay. I also have to say that was not that dude's first murder. Like that dude has murdered people and hid them in walls more than once. That's a good point. That's a good Based point. Based on yeah. his proficiency. <laughs> I got you a present. Task. It's in the kitchen. Whack. You know, that type of thing. I mean, he's prepared to wrap her up. He has lie. Like he is good to go. He's left obvious. Well, and this maybe he's not a great criminal because he he bought lie like surely there's a paper trail if this person wasn't a ghost <laughs> he's you know he's fucked but like you don't buy, I, that you was don't not buy his lie first on murder. your credit card you don't do that I do that yeah. every day <laughs> I've also killed seventeen thousand people Ben I probably shouldn't say that you know <laughs> get the neighborhood kid to buy it for you with cash and then you buy him cigarettes or something um, no it's, it's, I'm I'm just like fucking this dude is clearly a murderer like maybe he was caught for for defrauding his clients but he did other crimes you you know what you're you're actually right in saying that i wish we kind of got a little more of the backstory of don being the king of chicago i think this movie would have benefited maybe not from a flashback but from him encountering like one of his mob boss clients and somebody saying, like, you know, you hid that body for me or something like that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know that I need that necessarily, but, like, I I just totally picked up, like, sure, at that sure. point I was, like, the, the the stuff, like, the reason he got a sweetheart deal is because he fucking flipped on somebody. Yes, yes. Um, Like, he flipped on somebody big time. You know, like, that's, I, anyway. So, like, I, he, he's, he's, like, two degrees away from witness protection, it seems, when the lawyer visits him. Early on in the movie, you know? Like well, yeah, it definitely seems deal. like he yeah. should be in witness protection. <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> but no, I, I I, was just, I was a little taken aback at how, like, easily and, like, without regard, he just, like, straight up murders this woman and is prepared to hide her body in a wall. Like, I was like, this dude, not his first rodeo. You are absolutely correct in the sense that not only is it not his first rodeo, the way that that body is wrapped up is professional. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> that dude, I mean, he either has done this before or he wrapped up carpets for a living. Um, and I don't think he wrapped up carpets for a living. Like, he no, no. is a murderer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, this this came out of talking about Milo, all that stuff. Uh, maybe more uh, general. We need to talk about something that I 
picked up on this last time of watching this movie, and I've seen this movie a good bit of times, the kitchen in this house is fucking beautiful. Like, brick-layered oven. Like, there's an alcove for the stovetop. Oh, my God, Ben. It looks so good. (laughs) I would love to cook in this kitchen. (laughs) Sure. Sure, yeah, the kitchen is beautiful. I I definitely thought you were in a... Let's talk about all the semen. Uh, I th- where you know, saying you gotta, you gotta mention something. I thought we were gonna. The cum we were finally, in this movie is beautiful. <laughs> I thought we were finally gonna discuss the fact that the wall has a vagina and spits out marbles. I actually, I'm glad you bring that up because one of the things I saw on Letterbox, one of the reviews, was once again I didn't write it down. I don't have the credit. Maybe I'll put it in a correction. Uh, someone said, "Where did she keep all those marbles?" <laughs> And in her vagina, yeah, because they they come out of her groin area, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, and the well, I mean, we see we see one of the marbles, like I said, come out of a vagina in the wall, uh, and there's a lot of vagina shaped stuff throughout the house, like the light switches and shit. Um, and also, there's a lot of mirrors in this house, which I it's not really related to oh. this vagina stuff, but I don't really know why there's yeah, so many mirrors. A lot of mirrors. Um, that's the one place where I think this movie is trying to emulate other thrillers. I think a big like motif of thriller movies is mirrors. So like Black Swan has a lot of mirrors. Think back to even like The Matrix. If you go back and rewatch the original Matrix, so much of that movie is mirrors and shot through mirrors, you know? Interesting. Um, even The Matrix 4, Matrix Resurrections, has a lot of mirrors because they have to now travel through mirrors rather than, um, you oh. know, plugging in and plugging out type of thing. I, I love it. I love the idea that if you can shoot mirrors and digitally edit the cameraman out so you're just seeing a lot of reflections, I think that mm. is a great filmmaking technique. Um, this movie does it so much that it's it's kind of like I will give you that as much as I love this movie, I think they are trying to emulate other horror movies way too much with the mirrors aspect. Um, I'm I'm reminded of I think it's knocked up where the dude's like doing the dice thing while he's dancing, <laughs> and his, his friends are like he's doing the dice thing too much, and they're like that's the only movie has. Are you talking about the scene in Knocked Up when when he looks at the, the the cell phone video footage and he's like he's doing the dice thing too much? I think that's where it comes from. And it's like, you slept with this dude? He's just doing the dice move over and over. Like, what was attractive uh, about him? <laughs> I, I I think I think that while they're at the club, somebody says, "Oh, okay, like he's okay. like he's dancing with her," and somebody says something like he's doing the dice move too much, and then they're like, "That's the only move he has." Um, so like that's that's what I'm reminded of by, by what you had to say about the mirrors. I did think the use of mirrors was interesting in terms of like showing us that you know there's somebody walking behind him that there sh- that shouldn't be there, or there's you know there's motion in the mirror that shouldn't be there. Um, yeah, oddly yeah. enough, though, like it didn't build the tension I would have expected it to build for me. Um, sure. Because like like I've seen movies where it's like just the glimpse of somebody walking by in the background is like fucking terrifying. And and it just didn't do it for me in this movie, and I and I can't really put my finger on why. Maybe it was the frequency, but even then, like the first time it happened, it didn't scare the shit out of me. Gotcha, or, or, gotcha. Uh, okay. And like I said, you know, I I can't put my finger on why. I don't know. I I don't know that that's necessarily a shortcoming of the movie, or if if, if it was just the mood I was in when I watched it, or like who knows. No, that, that that's fair. That's fair. I, I think everything you said in this discussion, I totally understand. I uh, just don't. 
fit on the same wavelength with it, you know? Um, yeah. Also, I want to mention, the only scene from Knocked Up I remember is when <laughs> Catherine Heigl is pregnant, and him, her and Seth Rogen want to have sex, and Seth Rogen goes, well, I could fuck you doggy style, and she goes... I'm not gonna let you fuck me like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 for some reason, I remember that scene so strongly, and it's very funny to me. <laughs> I'm not gonna let Solid. you fuck me like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not want you to fuck me like a dog. But no, that that's. The, I, there were multiple times where I was like, "Why are there so many goddamn mirrors?" And there's a point where. Like the wife is walking through the house, and there's a bunch of mirrors on the floor, um, yes. like stacked up against the wall. And I'm like, oh shit! Like all the mirrors are down for some reason. And then she goes into another room, and there's a fucking mirror on the wall. I'm like, nope, there's just more mirrors. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. There's yeah, more there's mirrors. even a scene where the wife picks up a mirror, and she goes, nope, you know, and that type of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you have you seen Black Swan with Natalie Portman, the uh, the ballet not. movie? I okay. Have not. One of my favorite movies of all time. LaShawn and I have done an episode on it on the main feed, so, you know, go back, like, two years or some shit like that. Um, That movie is so heavily shot through mirrors that it is purposeful and meaningful. Um, There's an actual reason that when you look at a mirror, some characters appear and some don't, you know? It's it's like a psychological thriller type of thing. I love that movie so much. Um, This movie seemingly i'm with you tries to do that and fails (laughs) well and and that's you know for me that's just like one more thing they tried and failed sure sure. how how many how many things can the movie try and fail before i'm like this movie was just a failure gotcha gotcha you know what you know what i think this movie succeeds at maybe to uh to continue on with my my love of this movie this movie kills a dog dead dog in the dryer yeah that that is something that is so rare to see in in Hollywood movies, you know? I mean, the best sure. example I can think of is I Am Legend when Will Smith has to kill his oh, dog. Dude, you're not thinking of the movie Fear with uh, Mark Wahlberg in it. I don't know if I've seen Mark, that. Fear is when Mark Wahlberg is very young, and he is like a, a an abusive boyfriend stalker type character. Okay, so and he's he playing cuts Mark off Wahlberg. A, gotcha, okay. Yeah, he cuts <laughs> off a family. Uh, like, she takes a family's dog, cuts off its head, and sticks its head through the doggy door. Uh, dude, I don't like what you just said to me. Okay, dude, I don't like that. <laughs> I need, I need an adult right now. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So anyway, yeah, there's a good reason to not like that, but it does happen. Okay, I I need to check but, that out. But because, it is very rare. So I'll put that, that on. But stuff. yes, it is very rare, and this movie does it. Like the implication is that this bitch killed the dog. Right, and at this point, Don still thinks she's a normal old person. I fucking love the scene when he's talking to the cop and he's like do you think the dog got in the dryer on its own like yeah. come on you stupid police officer and I'm oh like, yeah he's just like you didn't cops, do you anything know? yeah and he's like here's my card if you think you see anything else call me and i'm like fuck cops like a cab baby come on <laughs> uh th- that was uh that was definitely a fun scene but but no at this at this point like don is like completely convinced she's a normal person and then it's like okay so this is this is another issue i have if he hadn't wrapped up the body and tried to to dispose of it with lie Mm -hmm. he could have gotten away with a self-defense uh like defense in court so easily like she killed my dog and then she broke into my house and i fucking feared for my life so i hit her over the head with a fucking hammer 
and she didn't survive that. Dude, you know? he should have he 100%. This movie would be way better, as much as I love it, it would have been way better if he went to court and said, Judge, I did not kill a human. I killed an egret. Have you seen her <laughs> nose? <laughs> she killed I, uh... my dog. It was animal on animal brutality. This egret killed my dog. <laughs> That's not quite where I thought you were going. I thought you were just like, this movie would have been so much better if it turned into a Law and Order procedural. Well, <laughs> every like, movie might be better if it, if you get a courtroom drama at the end of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, courtroom <laughs> procedural. Um, but no, that's that's pretty funny. It, but it is still very shocking that that happens. That oh, yeah. Cooper the dog dies and is put into the um dryer. I. I think the movie plays its hand well in the scene where the dog is in the dryer by not lighting it very strongly. So, like, I don't know about you, Ben, but when I saw this, when I've seen this, you can't really make out the fact that it's a dog in the dryer, you know? No, yeah, it like, could have been Milo as far as you can exactly. tell. Exactly. Like there's, there's blood yeah. and there's smearing, but it's like there's never a close-up shot of a dead animal or anything right. like that. Um, right. So it is played very tastefully. Which I appreciate because who wants to see a dead animal? Like, like this thing, yeah. you, we, we can look at all we want in the history of horror movies since, you know, the 1970s and look at the absolute gore that comes out of people. Nobody wants to see that for an animal, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you know, no, nobody. No, no human that I would trust. Oh yeah, oh, you're absolutely right. If if you get some, if you find somebody who's like, yeah, I want to see, I want to see that dog's jugular split open. You go, okay, maybe, maybe we should take some time off. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking anymore. We're I'm gonna, not, I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take my otoscope away from your ear because there might be <laughs> something way too crazy in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean. I I agree. We get a tasteful, uh, as tasteful as it can be. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Dog, a dog death in yeah. this movie. What do you What do you think about the? Because um, I mentioned it. I don't know when the last time you saw it was. Uh, the I Am Legend, uh, when Will Smith has to break his dog's neck because his dog is infected with the virus. Um, have you seen that, or what do you remember? I about have it? seen it, but I haven't seen it since high school. Yeah, I I saw that movie in theaters. Um, I was very Same. disappointed by it because I think that movie diminishes what the book is about the book is way better um i, I think they, they took the book. way too many hollywood choices to make it like a, a will smith movie okay. um uh but i remember being in the theater and multiple people crying when he killed his dog like like sobbing because it was so sad and i i don't think that is earned in that scene i I know that Will Smith is not killing a dog in actuality, so I'm not going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded of an episode of Friends where uh, they're talking about movies making people cry, and Chandler says something like, he's never cried during a movie. And they're like, not even when, when Bambi's mom dies? He's oh, like, yes, it was yeah. really sad when the guy <laughs> stopped drawing the deer. I remember that. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I guess, how I also feel about about things like that in movies most of the time it, i'm not sad uh unless i'm like really attached to a character um and i think i think it could be done with the dog i don't think that the will smith movie did it like i i think i would remember that you know i, th it, I think that's the thing for me is that when when i cry during movies it's like when i'm immersed in the movie i cannot sure. see will smith in a movie and go 
this is that character. I see him as Will Smith acting in a movie, you know? Yeah. Same way I, I think of Tom Hanks. I'm like, I'm never going to believe that Tom Hanks is the character. He's just Tom Hanks. We should in, in, uh, initiate a new rule or instantiate a new rule. Uh, people are only allowed to be in one movie for their entire career. <laughs> so, so that that can never happen again. That is that is pretty good. Uh, Sarah Brooks, you are only ever allowed to be in uh, Girl on the Third Floor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only other movie you should be in is uh, Pixar's Egrets, coming out 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let me look up an egret real quick. I haven't seen one in a hot minute. She looks like an egret, Ben. <laughs> That's what I thought an egret looked like. She looked like an egret. Ben is like, you ever see an egret? It's exactly like you'd think an egret would look like. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever told you about uh, my my chemistry teacher's like Christmas song that was all animals? No, I don't think so. We fish you a merry Gretz moose. I don't know if I like what you just said to me. <laughs> I think we I, I think I feel very Gretz upset about that. We might need to end the episode immediately. We're done. We're canceled. Hand the hippo new deer. All right, that's all right. Um, that is that is bothersome. Um, okay, so the other thing we have to talk about with this movie that I wanted to bring up, um, we should talk about the uh, the el- she's not elderly, the older pastor neighbor. She acts as somewhat of the exposition dump in this movie. Would you agree? Except for when Sarah is just talking for no reason. Well, because okay. on the stairs, yeah, you're right. You're to- right. Okay, I was about to get I was about to get way more angrier than I should have gotten. Um, um, Sarah needs to give that exposition at the end because she is basically because the movie doesn't make any fucking sense she's yet. The soul of the house, Ben. Okay, and they're trying to make it make sense, and they don't quite succeed. But, okay, anyway, okay, sorry. Let, let's talk about the the pastor neighbor. The, yes. What do you think about the fact of when she comes into play, she's she's throughout the whole movie, of course, but specifically at the end when she talks to the pregnant wife and she's like, this was a test. You know, you had to understand this house before I could tell you about it. Uh, I, my first thought was she probably tried to warn people in the past and they thought she was crazy. So she stopped trying to warn people. That's fair, and and you know there there is a good level to that. I, I think I think it is earned because she is a religious woman, so people would see her as a zealot or as a fanatic. Right. right, right. I really like her performance. I think that from when she shows up at the first point when she's like, you know, hey, you move into this house, CM Punk, you want to drink some bourbon, that type of thing, to her last performance, and when we see her, like. Okay, for some reason, she's sweeping the parking lot of the church, which is very strange to me. <laughs> it makes me think of—I don't think I've ever told you this, Ben, but one of my friends from middle school, like years ago, of course, he told me that his neighbor would vacuum his driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, Who that neighbor vacuums? was outside watching the neighbor's. They they weren't vacuuming yes, their driveway. Yes. That was an excuse for them to watch people. <laughs> but could you imagine seeing an adult with a vacuum on asphalt? <laughs> that, that would be pretty weird. I, I might even call the cops about it. I, I, I would never call the cops because A-cab, baby. Um, no. <laughs> I totally don't. Rob and I are on different sides of this issue. 
okay? Go and watch some YMS, you fool. Okay? He's a police officer. <laughs> YMS? Yeah, your movie sucks. Remember the Hoosh oh. dude? Oh. <laughs> He's yeah, a cop. Yeah, yeah. Fuck cops. <laughs> um, yeah, I hate YMS. I think YMS is a bastard, but I don't. Anyway, it's it's irrelevant. ACAB, baby. Better than Iron Agreements. Um, no, but we, <laughs> we, should, we should talk about. I love her performance and i i want to get back at the idea that you know she is this ex exposition dump she's kind of like the just i I mean in this movie she is the neighbor but that's kind of like the trope of these movies is the neighbor the outside force that knows a lot about what's going on but is not giving all the information right either not giving all the information or doesn't have all the information i'm thinking of like ghost movies there's a lot of like the 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 priest who yeah um, yeah that, knows that's some but yeah, not yeah 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 i think she's good in this role i think she um she owns it very well and i think that it's a it's a necessary part to this kind of almost cliched aspect of this movie and um i really enjoy it she gives it she gives it a a good like nuance maybe not even nuance but she gives it a good gravitas that i appreciate um, I, I found her like cryptic communication to be very interesting. I, I definitely, you know, one, one thing in particular that sticks out to me is when she goes to talk to the wife who just got there and Don's not there Yeah, and she's like, do you want to come in? She's like, no, let's talk outside. Yeah. It's like, that's it's like, well, yeah, you know, she knows maybe more than, cause like at this point, I don't even know if we know that she, how much she knows. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so then like she said a few times, like the house has a bad personality I think she calls it a cunt at some point. She does. I don't know if you could say that word, Ben. Are we canceled? <laughs> um, no, we're not. We say cunt a lot on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, she like, she's just like some houses. Or, you know, was it like she's like all all places have personalities. Some are just dicks. I don't, I don't remember exactly what. Yeah, she says, yeah, but, absolutely. Yep, yep. It's like yeah. So we we definitely get the in, in impression that she knows some shit. But then when she refuses to go in the house, it's like solidified that much more. Um, okay, well, I, I think uh, before I throw it to you with any final moments, uh, I did want to mention uh, two more things about this movie. Uh, one, near the end of the movie, so when we are following uh, the wife, the pregnant wife instead of CM Punk, she looks down in the sink drain and an eye pops out. an eye, yeah. That is awesome. I yeah, love that, was, that visual. That was freaky as fuck. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention is uh, in the epilogue, the baby that she gives birth to, is one goddamn fucking ugly baby. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's I've said it so many times. I was like, why are they still showing me this? That baby is god awful. I mean, yeah, it's... you could cast a cute baby. I mean, here's my here's my question, Ben. You and I are not movie industry people as much as we like to think about, you know, I would love to be a casting director and stuff like that. How, how do you cast a baby? You know, Maybe it's about what babies you can get to be in a movie. Um, <laughs> what but, babies are available? Like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm, you go to I'm the baby imagining place if you're like, like, oh, we need a baby, every baby, send in your tapes, you know? We're not, we're not getting, like, B-rolls of babies. We're not getting audition tapes of babies. No, I, I think that they But don't cast an ha- ugly baby. <laughs> no, hold on. I have to push back on this a little bit, because if you remember, there's a scene that kind of looks like she's going to fall over the banister. And she like gets hit into the handrail. Oh, sure, sure. So, uh, so her like this is the last three months of her pregnancy. Like this is a very formative time in terms of the structure of the skull. Yes, I I would say that they picked an ugly baby to represent that she hit the banister pretty hard. 
Are you saying that she somehow damaged her baby in utero and it made an ugly baby? Yes. I'm saying that if you hit a skull that's still forming and then it starts forming in a bad shape. <laughs> one eye's looking that's... at you, one eye's looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> surely that's a thing, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I only really know about, like, from SVU, like the fetal alcohol syndrome, ugly babies, you know? <laughs> so, I mean. Whenever you're, whenever those, those, uh, whatever the native people were that did this, they, they had, uh, flat boards that they would put their baby on and carry them on their back. And they would end up with, like, the back of their head being flat. Cause, like, while their skull was hardening, it was held against a flat surface. Surely something like that could happen in utero where, like, the shape of those bones that are not quite connected to each other get, a, it get impacted, right? Okay. Okay. I know, I know what you're putting down. And I think I'm picking it up. But, um, I, don't know a lot about babies other than if they look ugly or not. <laughs> what I'm saying is that baby's ugly enough that it could have been caused by an injury. <laughs> that baby is really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just, That baby might be the most disturbing part of the movie. Dude, it is. I, I actually like the way you said it. Why are they still shooting this baby? <laughs> like, <laughs> it should have been a quick two-second shot of like, okay, we know she had her baby, blah, 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 that type of thing. Right. Cut to, what, CM Punk in the vent going, you know, how's my little boy doing? Whatever the last shot of the movie well, is, you know. Dropping marbles on it or something. Uh, cum? That, Isn't, doesn't cu- yeah, some cum come out of the vent? I don't, yes, probably. <laughs> um, we we have officially gotten canceled. We just implicitly talked about cum dropping on a baby. <laughs> you know what? We talked about it, but they filmed it, so... They did. They did. Travis Stevens is the writer, director, and producer, and uh, he has something going on with cum, clearly. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's. I, I assumed it was vaginal fluid at a certain point in the movie. It might uh, be. Beca- Maybe when because the we woman get to that shows brothel. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's definitely like the viscosity and thickness changes. I mean, in the beginning of the movie, it's definitely like a thick white type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Later on, it's it's very much more um, opaque. Uh, uh translucent i guess maybe yeah. is the right word Trend. yeah um no, it's uh, not opaque it's disgusting yeah not opaque it's absolutely, absolutely disgusting so are, are are we good with your points am i am i allowed to yeah no to no point ben, out no, just... you are not allowed you okay. are canceled so no, yeah what else did you want to mention about this movie yeah <laughs> don uh what what do you keep calling him cm punk is his CM name punk. that's his CM ring punk. name as an yeah, mma yeah. fighter yeah so cm punk wakes up and he has this like cum bead on his on his chest (laughs) and he's just like this isn't weird i don't think anything is strange about this and then he walks downstairs and he just pops that shit in his mouth oh my god you're right i almost forgot about that he just eats a a a weird ball that just appeared on his chest that's that's a no good very bad don't do it it. (laughs) yeah absolutely and so like were we supposed to believe he was, like, influenced by the ghost of the house to just eat this? Did eating it do something to him? Like, was this just M- MC Punk is a fucking weirdo and, like, wanted to eat this gusher thing? I don't... <laughs> this gusher I, thing, I like that. I, I don't know what that was supposed to be, uh, but it was disturbing. Very disturbing. I have so. to give you that in in the vein of I think what we were talking about earlier about the the, the total construct of this movie uh, that seems to be a moment of like horror movie for horror movie's sake if that makes sense mm-hmm. 
Just like he eats it. Why would he eat it? It doesn't matter. It's creepy. It's ghoulish. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a it's a spooky moment. Right. And so like that moment, I was like, what the fuck? Like this, you know, at this point, him eating that, I do believe he would walk around barefoot with rusty nails <laughs> everywhere. Like he seems like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yep, um, like it, in terms of his own safety, he seems like an idiot, like not necessarily like he can't function in the real world, but like he might just die one day because he did something stupid like oh, that. I, kind of Yeah, idiot. absolutely. I'm with you. You know, uh, like I don't think life is just happening to him, but I, I don't think he's thinking too ser- seriously that would be about one germs. of the moments. If, if, if that ever happened to me, if it, I'm, I'm never going to do that, like of my own volition. Sure. But if I did do that, like, let's say, you know, I tell you, oh, Ben, I bought this new house, you know, and I'm renovating it, that type of thing. And there's cum coming out of the sink and, and there, I drink and there's, it. There's just semen everywhere. And I ate a semen ball. I would contact you, Ben. Like, I'd hit you up. I'd probably leave you a Facebook message and I'd be like, Ben, something like made me, like, gave me the proclivity to eat a semen ball. Right. I'm yeah, telling you this because this. clearly you should be on call and hopefully you know, check in on me in 20 minutes type of thing. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you should probably just go straight to the hospital. Yeah, the, the, emer- yeah, the, um, the, uh, the emergency Yeah, go get that shit thing. cut yeah. out. Like, I mean, he's so willing to cut out marbles later. Like, ugh. Anyway, so that was weird. Um, absolutely, I thought, I, uh, absolutely. I felt, very, I felt very uncomfortable about that. Uh, what else you got? Other scenes you wanted to highlight from this movie? I'm going to look through my notes to see if I uh, picked up anything else, but... um. Any I, any other uh, moments you wanted to highlight? Uh, you queer also, by the way. I I just I I think I have to repeatedly repeatedly emphasize if you're doing home renovations, fucking wear shoes. Yeah, like, you're not like wrong. it's not it's not rocket surgery. You know, just put on some shoes. Uh, I found a quote in my notes from very early on in the movie. I have to mention. Um, Oh, piece of shit, drill motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's pretty good. That's good. CM Punk is is fantastic in the He movie. does a great job. I I any criticisms about his acting, I would yeah. take with a I'm glad I'm glad we can agree on that that the the main criticism like I said very like an hour ago is that CM Punk gives a bad performance. This is not a bad performance. This is no, naturalistic. The... This does everything I want from a horror movie protagonist. I think that more horror movies, like Barbarian, to bring it back to that, I think the the two main characters in the first half of Barbarian, so the the girl and our guy, they are very naturalistic. That's what Mm -hmm. I want from a horror movie. I want them to be naturalistic. I mean, I generally want to feel like I'm watching real people experience things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So, Ben, any final thoughts on uh, Girl on the Third Floor, or are you uh, ready to get into our questions? I'm ready to get into the questions. Well, then, we got to answer Cinemodities and Late Night. Uh, I'll kick it off. I think Cinemodities, no, surprisingly, maybe. Uh, I don't think there's anything really odd about this. I think it's a solid horror movie that, um, you know, maybe will lead into my late night answer of, yes, I would love to show this to more people, get their thoughts, but I'm going no to Cinemodities and yes to late night. What do you think, Ben? I actually was leaning a little bit towards yes or maybe on Cinemodities. Okay. uh, Mostly because I haven't seen so much vaginal marble action in a movie. (laughs) Um, Just you saying vaginal marbles. (laughs) I find that very funny. <laughs> in fact, I'm actually reminded. I think there was a scene in this movie. Do you, Do you remember something from South Park where, like, like a hooker like shooting ping pong balls out of her vagina or something? Is that a thing that you are familiar with? I am familiar with things being shot, like ping pong balls being shot out of a vagina. Not from South Park, though. From okay, it maybe it wasn't reality. From South- I mean, you know, I've been to Thailand. <laughs> oh, oh. 
Um, I was reminded of that at one point in this movie with the with the marbles. But um, but no, I, so I was leaning a little bit towards yes or maybe for Cinemodity. Uh, for late night, probably not. I'm probably gonna watch it again, but I don't know that I like. I would, you know, far and away, there's other movies I would I would suggest gotcha. over this. Okay, um, okay. So let's get to snacks. Uh, I think this is actually a great transition into snacks because I have some disgusting snacks. Is vaginal marbles one of them? Vaginal cause... marbles is not one of them, but it should be. So you can posit that one. Um, I have two snacks uh, that come from uh, come uh, from this house. Uh, one condom vomit, and two cum showers. <laughs> So we didn't talk about the fact that when CM Punk moves into this house, he has to clean up a pile of vomit with a condom in it. That's a thing that happens in this movie. Yeah, I I assumed at the time that the dog had just found a condom and ate it and then thrown up, but that's probably not what it was. Oh, yeah, I I think it's definitely just like there is a pile of vomit, which I think is vomit, you know. That's the the other thing. thing I don't really know. The thing that's so crazy about it is like they would have done a final walkthrough before they bought this house. Uh, or they should have. Somebody should have. <laughs> right. So, like, this, I feel like this pile of condom vomit appeared after they bought the house, and he didn't even seem remotely bothered by that. Um, my other thing I have to say about that scene where we see him cleaning up the condom vomit, no gloves. Come on, man. Put on some blue, like, nitrile gloves at least, you know? Like, Did you just say come on, man, because there was come on him? It's, um, it's so yes. hard not to make that joke. <laughs> right. uh, yeah yeah use gloves use gloves wear shoes wear safety wear glasses shoes. and that's dust fair. masks that's fair that's fair fucking safety first so i guess what i'm saying is that we should have a menu item called condom vomit um i don't really know why i'm saying that but i am this is where we are in our lives with cinemodities um and also come shower when he's in the shower and the um the the faucet i don't know what it's called the the shower head i guess it takes some time to start spraying liquid, but when it does, it sprays. Oh, my God. Cum. And after all of the cum and shit that he's experienced in every other part of the house, he gets in there naked and looks face up at this showerhead waiting for liquid to come out. It's pretty disgusting. I mean, it, I, I think it's also stupid. Now now that we've talked a lot about this movie and we've had our criticisms and, and our, on our positives, our negatives and stuff like that, it, it is really disgusting. This movie's kind of gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots and lots of gum. Um, but you don't just get into a shower naked, no shoes, you know, First step time? on some glass and, and just... Without testing the water? No. You know, it's kind of crazy that just a few months ago, maybe five, six months ago, whenever it was, we did Disney's Frozen on this podcast. <laughs> and now we are discussing a cum shower from Girl on the Third Floor. It's kind of crazy to think about it in that lens, right? <laughs> Uh, you know, we're all over the place, as we should be. Um, to be fair, though, that when we brought up Frozen, uh, Frozen, sorry, uh, the 2013 Disney animated film, uh, there is a point where I say, Ben, do you think this is a lesbian allegory? <laughs> so so it's not like we only stay, uh, we, we have our lane, and we, we stick to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what do you have for snacks? I have one more that's actually food-related, but, uh, Ben, what do you have for the restaurant from this movie? Anything pop into your head? Definitely. Other than <laughs> Definitely vaginal marbles. Okay, well, yes, of course. I mean, uh, yeah, that we, might we've... be my favorite phrase of, of the day over here now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's probably needs to be a, uh, some kind of game 
that is also related about shooting marbles with vaginas out of okay. into you know whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I like that you included the into that that's some that's some sexy shit right there <laughs> really everything i can think of is like do we really want vaginal shaped fucking light switches like do we really want a light switch that's surrounded by a, what is very clearly a metal vulva like there's so much vaginal imagery in in this movie and come that I'm just like those are the only two things <laughs> and I don't know how much I want to suggest that we you know what we can have that like black gushy w- hole in the wall that oh, just keeps coming back no sure. matter how many times you fix it dude yeah That's we didn't even mention that the fact we did mention that that black mold hole type of thing but yeah. we never mentioned that there are a few shots from the interior of the wall where you can see like black goo dripping down yeah. it is this movie is nasty. Absolutely. <laughs> it's gross. So the last uh, snack that I had, the actual food item, is uh, from when um, CM Punk goes to the bar and gets the food there. He gets peas, mashed potatoes, and sausage. And he says, quote, it's not bad. Yeah. It looks, it looks really bad, though, bro. <laughs> yeah. It looks like canned peas, canned mashed potatoes, and like oh, a microwave sausage, you know, that type of thing. Ugh. Ugh. Can't mash potatoes. That's um, so I figured we should have the it's not bad meal, and it's peas, mashed potatoes, and sausage. What do you think? Nice. Yeah, that's, I like it. Okay, perfect. It's not, I, I like the idea of having a menu item called it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. Can I get the uh, it's not bad? What do you think about it? The waiter goes, it's not bad. <laughs> exactly. Um, any other snacks that you had for the restaurant or any other experiences or snacks? Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess it would be pretty dope to be able to put on a pregnant outfit and then slip on some marbles and almost fall off some stairs. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I don't think I don't think I have anything else. This this movie did not inspire me in the way that some have, uh, mainly because of how much cum there was. That, that's fine. There's a lot of cum. There's a lot of cum. There's a lot okay. of. I mean, we could just have Vaginosis. It's oh, not I mean, okay. we, we should we should have like those little cum balls that people can absentmindedly oh, that's, that's eat and you fair. Just yeah, wake yeah. up with them on you. Okay, you, uh, how about this? You know, like when you leave a restaurant, maybe I, this I haven't seen this in like ten, fifteen years or something. But you like you leave a restaurant, and they have like mints on the way out. Yeah, cum balls. You, yeah, you pop in a cum ball. That is, that is the worst thing I've ever said. I think pop in a cum ball. You pop in a cum ball. You know. You got a stew going. You're popping a cum ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, uh, it's going to become like a, a new normal thing that people say. Um, absolutely. What do you What do you think about this? Um, this just popped into my head, and I think it's a good addition. Um, of course, in the restaurant, we have a lot of walk-around characters, not just as waiters and waitresses, but we have like actual walk-around characters um, just to entertain the guests like and Disneyland? stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like Disneyland, you know. I mean, we're not talking – there's no Jafar or anything like that, but we got like Harrison Ford from Blade Runner and stuff like that, you know angrily yelling at, at the other robots in the restaurant, stuff of that nature. What do you mm. think if we actually have a a living, like not a not a costume, but an actual animal, an egret walking around and we call it Sarah Brooks? I think I think we might be able to expect some lawsuits, but uh I'm on board. <laughs> From, are you saying lawsuits from animal abuse or us defaming Sarah Brooks by calling her an egret? <laughs> I I think both. I think fair. I okay, think fair. I think Sarah Brooks is not going to be excited about it, and I think uh, 
What's that place? The, the thing people that claim they care about animals, PETA? Claim. I'm glad you said that. Claim they care about animals when they kill most of the animals in the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, PETA's a fucking disaster. But, um, that's know. actually a really good point. Um, I have this weird penchant, if it was not clear in this episode, but anybody who is an astute listener of Cinemodities, I have this weird penchant for burning bridges. Um, we can now never have Sarah Brooks on this podcast, because you better believe if we somehow got her as a guest, I would go, um, you look like an egret. Thoughts. <laughs> 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 and she would go, what and i'd be like you are a bird woman are you okay with that and she'd be like why are you coming at me this fast and ben would go Uh, it's okay rob's a sloth so we're on the same boat here you know uh i'm i'm just imagining uh it's always done in philadelphia like the way they talk about d it's like you you are a bird yes yes absolutely you look like a bird yeah uh that's that's fair that's fair um i I don't understand how we've gotten away with half of the things we've said in this episode, um, but uh, I look forward to... Well, you know, uh... I don't know that we have gotten away with it yet, Rob. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Absolutely. So, with that being said, Ben, um, let's let's plug, shamelessly, which we've been plugging the entire time, if you want to harass us and you want to explain either whether or not Sarah Brooks looks like an egret or you want to weigh in on what animal you think I look like, you can harass us through email at uh, cinemodities at gmail.com. And of course, if you like what you heard, as we've mentioned throughout this episode, uh, you can listen to even more episodes of Cinemodities and support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash cinemodities, where Ben and I do three episodes Every month, three bonus episodes. One of them's always Adventure Time, and uh, it's a, it's a good fun. Uh, it's it's a good fun, Ben. <laughs> it's a good fun. <laughs> it's a good fun. Um, not only can you listen to us talk more about movies and TV shows, but you can make requests, and I think that's one of the most fun things that we do over on the uh, Patreon, is that uh, if you pay us enough, we will talk about the movies you want us to talk about, and uh, I think it's good fun. Well, anything you have to say about the uh, the Patreon, Ben? You know, I, it's it's about time I'm going to suggest we stop monitoring the email and make people come to the Patreon <laughs> and talk to us. No, come check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the Adventure Time episodes are a good time. Uh, we're finally getting into some of the deepest stuff, but the, you've got what two full seasons of backlog to, to yeah, check out. I actually catch think up, you're right. Catch we, up on uh, if it's not this last month, it might be this month. We just finished season two, and not only did we just finish season two, um, I've been actually doing proper due diligence. I now own a lot of the Adventure Time books, and we're talking about things that you don't just get from the shows which i think is really cool i think the fact that you and i are going we you and i are taking the deepest dive into this show and uh it's well worth the um the five dollars if you just want to hear it for sure totally totally agree it's a good time um we're happy to talk about it and i think that comes through in the episodes uh we are enjoying ourselves and i, th- and I think that makes them more fun to listen to um you know, the the movie requests that we do, we've come across some really good ones. We've come across some really bad ones, and we're not shy about our feelings, as you know. <laughs> yes. So if you want to hear us tear into something or hear us unexpectedly enjoy something, like you can hear that all on the Patreon as well. And, you know, like I said, it's it's a it's a good time. We'd be happy to have you over there and, uh, you know, come listen to us. Come and, and also, it's just a great way to show that you support us, even if you don't want to listen to more of our content. Yeah, absolutely. Um 
and I like you said, I, I just want to echo that sentiment. It's a lot of fun. I really love doing fan requests. I think that, like you said, it, it does not matter to me if it's good or bad. I love discovering stuff. I think the overarching statement of, you know, if you come over to the Patreon, you as the audience member, if you come over and pay us to discuss movies, it does not matter if it's good or bad. It's all about the fact that I have gotten to see things I never would have watched otherwise. And Absolutely. that means so much to me. And uh, because Shout we, out to Ice Harvest. Ice Harvest. Dude, dope yeah. Ass movie. Not only do we love the Ice Harvest, I fucking bought the book. <laughs> like That's yeah. how much I loved that movie. Um, still haven't read it yet, uh, but I'll get to it. But not only do we do fan requests, there's some other stuff on there. I mean, if you want to, there's two whole episodes on searching. Um, not only do we love searching and discuss that episode, but then I eventually did all the research into the background of searching. And maybe, this is the best way to put it, is uh, in the upcoming month, Ben and I are going to be finishing up the Shane Black series. So in the next few weeks, not exactly sure the exact date, Ben and I are going to be discussing The Predator, I think it's called. Ben and I have covered every other Shane Black movie on Patreon. So we've done everything. Um, so Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, and The Nice Guys. And we're going to be finishing up on the main feed as a tie-in to Patreon. And if you want to get our full, complete thoughts, then Patreon's the place to get it. I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really fun. I can't wait to do another ranking with you, Ben, for Shane Black. <laughs> I, I think we're going to have to start doing things in the reverse order where we just like really hype up that we're doing a full collection and then do the the wrap up and the rating rankings on <laughs> right, Patreon. Right. Yeah, yeah, start doing that feeling of missing out. You know, let's fucking let's learn from the worst. Absolutely. FOMO, but, baby. Um, that's right. A yeah, no, so, baby. <laughs> so, so you, you are going to get, you know, our rankings and our, and our kind of final thoughts. But if you want to hear those, those more exclusive individual thoughts about, about those movies, Patreon's where it's at. Um, and like I said, you know, it's, it's also just a great way to show that you support us and like what we're doing. So right on, right on. Well said. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. How are we going to end it? What are we going to play in reverse, Ben? We usually Me just... saying vaginal beads in reverse. That is not a song. We could make oh. it a song, but I don't think we... Or Vaginal Marbles, or whatever the fuck it is I said. Vaginal beads. <laughs> vaginal Marbles, I think is probably what um, I said. No, I, I actually don't have a thing. good thing for this. Maybe, like, opening credits music? I mean, there's there's not really, like, a song featured in this movie, right? Yeah, no, there's, there's nothing that stuck out to me uh, in terms of music. I, I don't know, can you find an album with the same font? <laughs> they show us on the screen and and pick a song from that. I don't know if I mentioned it. The font is horrible of the opening oh, yeah. credits. Yeah, I it's, hate it's the bad. font. It is so difficult to to read. Um, yep. The C's look like R's. It's so it's, challenging. It just looks like it's trying to be edgy. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, like, like a gothic, gothic edgy cool type of thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, I'll find something. We'll do. Um, you know, opening credits in reverse or something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that's a, a fine end to this episode.
but like if like what I I think I would probably take more events to be called an animal than almost anything else, like a Let's, specific how animal. About, how about this? Let's not be exclusive. Let's do it. Let's pull the bandit off, Ben. If you had to call me an animal, what animal would you call me? Do you is there anything that comes to oh, mind? God. I'm I'm getting I'm a, I'm a sloth. A sloth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended by that, Ben. <laughs> I am really lazy though, so I mean, you, you, but like you sloths look like... are like stupid, like autistic. Okay, well, I might have just proved your point, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you've seen Zootopia, the sloth at the DMV, man, I'm getting Rob vibes. I'm not that slow. Well, no, I, sometimes I, won't say, I am. <laughs> I, you're not. <laughs> you're not slow, but just you know. I think I'm more offended that you got there that fast. <laughs> Like, I thought you were going to have to take a pause, and I'd be able to do some editing, you know, to take out the two seconds that you had to think about it. But you were just like, boom, I got it. You're a fucking sloth, you know? You ever see that video of the guy who picks up the sloth on the road and, like, moves it to the sidewalk so they don't run over it? Or yeah. have you ever seen, like, a turtle do that thing? Mm. You got you got there way too quickly, man. <laughs> you're like I, you know, I, I have to pick rob up because he's so fucking lazy you know <laughs> it's it was not behavioral based just so you know it was strictly i'm offended, I'm offended. we're never this podcast is over <laughs> you know what maybe you should ask questions you don't want the answers to <laughs> <laughs> that, okay with all my offensiveness, uh, offended take aside, that was very funny. <laughs> um, I don't have an animal for you, Ben. I would need to think about it. That'll be next next time, next week. Well, you'll notice I didn't ask. Because um, <laughs> maybe I don't want to know. Too bad. Now I'm going to think about it. <laughs> um, you're you're a dead dog in a dryer, Ben. <laughs> We are fucking oh, stupid. <laughs> um, I, I I now know that uh, when when I when I when this does eventually happen to me and I eat a semen ball, um, I'm gonna go Ben. I just ate a semen ball. That's not why I'm contacting you. You called me a sloth. I hate you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Would a sloth eat a semen ball? Would a sloth do this? You know. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna send me like. Videos of you like dangerously crossing traffic and be like, "Is this what a sloth would do?" <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, then, and then you're gonna fall down while you're running across the street, and then I'm like, "Well, that part, yeah, that's that's I do, what a sloth I do regularly do. fall over, so that's that's a fair point." Um, uh, one of the one of the quotes that I, I might have mentioned, um, you know, I'm scared he's drinking again. He's probably drunk right now, and you know, it's like, would a sloth be drunk right now, Ben? And you're like, "Dude, it's 9 p.m. Yes, a sloth would be drunk right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, sloths drink whenever they feel like it. And can get themselves to get up What's off the, the animal? Isn't it koalas that get drunk on eucalyptus? Have you heard that before? I think elephants also make some kind of, like, like prison punch. Just name like... two animals I would rather be labeled as, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> An elephant's you're... big and scary, and a koala... Well, no, koalas are pretty dumb, so I don't you're know if a little, like You're that. a little bit koala-like. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I, could, I, could, I could settle with your, like, a koala-sloth hybrid. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's a crime against God, okay? <laughs> well, certainly. Jesus Christ. As long as I'm not an egret, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm still hung up on vaginal marbles. I am not a Tinder. You should be. I am not a Tinder user. I've never used an online dating service. But I am very tempted after what you just said to me, Ben, to set up a Tinder bio and go, I'm only interested in girls with vaginal marbles. <laughs> and see who bites on that one. Probably, oh hopefully, no one, right? Yeah, I would I would wager that. Uh, don't use a real photo of yourself, though, because you might meet some of these people in real life. And you that son would be... of a... I, okay, I thought for... Uh, a oh, quick second right there. You were going to say, don't use a photo of yourself. Use a photo of a sloth. I thought you were about to drop that on me. <laughs> Could you imagine? You want to swipe right on a picture of a sloth and in the bio says only interested in vaginal marbles. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you're you're more hung up on it than I am, uh, which makes sense because it was offensive <laughs> to you and it was an offhand thought to me. Um um, we are so fun to be together, Ben. It's a fun time. Um, so let's get to... I'm really enjoying your company. <laughs> I am I am very much so. Uh, and, uh, you know, thankfully we are two time zones away from each other. 